Well, this morning, we get the privilege of hearing from Chevy, who's going to preach for us this morning. Yeah. So Chevy and Ayla, as I think most of you know, have just recently become members of Christ Church, but they've been coming for several years, three, four, five years, something like that in there for, for a long time. They definitely are part of our church family. Um, and even this past year, I've been getting, been getting to know Chevy much better. He's been attending a smaller men's group uh, that I'm a part of and just getting to know his heart more, um, his um, persistence in texting and following up, um, and also his, his diligence and commitment has been awesome uh, to be with. So Chevy and Ayla, you guys are, are a joy for Casey and I to get to know um, and our family uh, to, be able to be able to know you guys and love you guys very much. Um, this September, right, Chevy started a um, attending seminary. And one of the things he has to do, among many, many things, is uh, preach a couple sermons. And so um, this morning, Chevy's going to just be doing an assignment for you guys. No, that's not true at all. Um, Chevy is going to be bringing the word of God for us to hear. Um, he's attended, like uh, most of us that have come up and preached before you guys, several uh, three or four preach equip meetings with other with other guys to prepare for preaching this morning. Um, and um, he'll be preaching from Matthew 16. So if you all would please turn in your Bibles to Matthew 16, and Elsabeth is going to read that for us this morning. So Matthew 16, 13 through 28. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death, until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. 
Give me one second. Can everybody hear me clearly? Yeah. It's good enough? Good. Good to know. Sorry. I have to preach from a laptop. Because as Matt or Tyler said, it is an assignment. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do expect an A. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, thank you for that introduction, Tyler. I think it was far way too kind. Um, you can say the truth later after the sermon um, about how much of a pain in your butt I am. Uh, but um, it is it is a privilege to be here um, to preach to you guys, and uh, I am not taking this lightly, um, preaching from God's Word. Um, so I, I do, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to me. Um, and uh, um, as some of you might know and some of you might not know, um, I am, uh, English is my second language, so I am Kurdish, um, and I was born in northern Iraq. So I, I process and think in Kurdish, and I speak in English. So as I preach and you hear what I'm saying, give me some grace on, on how I process, okay? My grammar is not all that well. Um, but anyways, uh, learning to preach has been, in fact, one of the most challenging and probably refreshing things in my life. Um, and uh, it's just been challenging to just look at God's Word and preach what God wants us to hear and not put our own emphasis of bias and um, experience and stuff and decipher that into what scripture we want to hear. Um, and it has been refreshing too in, in knowing and seeing how wonderful God has made us and the gifts he's given us and how even me from a different language can see God's word and we can um, all see like with the other men that were born across the other side of the world and we can all come to the same conclusion it's just it's wonderful how God works in that way um, but anyways uh, this passage is a lengthy passage so Matthew 16 13 through 28 <clears throat> I won't lie a few times I had um, doubts I'm like why did I even pick this <laughs> like this is so so heavy and so long and there's so much wrapped into this piece of scripture um, but uh as, as most of you are aware, I have been struggling with a lot of um, questions about what's, what's going on. And, and some questions like, what is my role in the church? You know, what, what does that actually look like? What, what role does Jesus play? What role does the Father play? Um, what is the church or who is the church? You know, questions like that. And, and how do we um, move forward in, in our time with, with some of these questions, you know, and God is just beautiful how he works, just has had already been working on my heart and these scriptures before I even was asked to preach. So when Matt asked me to preach, I had, and you know, without a doubt in my mind, I was like, Matt, that this is it, you know, reply back to him. I say, I was like, this is it. And then the journey of getting here and what it means. So, um, this, uh, this piece of scripture, I think it's really helpful for us to look at it as um, almost like uh, sections or acts of a, of a movie, if you want to, or a play. And it's broken up into three sections. So th there's, there's three sections. But I think there's a main theme that connects 
all three sections together. Um, and, and if I had to give a statement of what that theme is, it's that Jesus is building his church. And we can either be a hindrance to him or deny ourselves and join him. So again, Jesus is building his church. And we can either be a hindrance to him or deny ourselves and join him. Now, I know that is a loaded statement. So um, we, will, we will be breaking that down. But before I get into it, um, I'd, I'd like to uh, um, pray, pray if that's okay with you guys. Well, it's going to happen anyway. So, <laughs> um, But anyways, so please pray with me. Um, Jesus, uh, thank you so much. Um, just for for who you are and the way you continue to be who you are and that you're never ever changing and that you stay faithful to what you said you do for us and continue to do for us father even when we fail so jesus i pray today that as we dig into your word father that we would be encouraged um, that we would be um, compelled to move towards you, that we would be compelled to follow you, and that our hearts um, would just be in love with you more and more, Father, and that um, others would see that in us, Father. Please uh, speak, speak through me and all of us, Father. Please only let your truth be heard, Father. Please don't let anything that is of me um, leave my mouth and and stick to anybody else, Father. I just. Um, I want all the glory for you, Father. I don't want any of this. Um, and, and just for you, I live for you, Father. And we, and we all live for you. We all come here expecting to hear more about you and get closer to you, Father. And, and um, just thank you again for this beautiful day um, that we can all be here gathered as a community of believers. And um, Father, and I just I thank you and I pray all this in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. Alright guys, so um, just a little little um, summarization, like a backdrop to how we will be breaking this down. So we'll be going from, so verses 13 through 20 will be section 1 or point 1 if you want to call it. So that'll be Jesus will build his church. So again, section 13 through 20 will be Jesus will build his church. And then we'll move into section 2, which is verses 21 through 23 and this one is Jesus must suffer again this one is Jesus must suffer and then lastly as we move into our last section which will be verses 24 through 28 which is Jesus invites him invites us to join him so Jesus invites us to join him so this is how we will be approaching this morning. So, all right. So who's ready to dig in and, and find out what these uh, sections are all about and see what God has for us today? Um, um, so the uh, first point is Jesus will build his church. And under this section, we'll be making three observations that we see the scriptures say. Um, and I think the first observation is the most important um, it, it sets the it sets the tone and how we move forward and everything else makes sense because I think of this first observation. 
And that is, upon this rock, Jesus will build his church. So, upon this rock, Jesus will build his church. So, let's look at verses 16 to see the answer that Peter gives to Jesus' question, Who do you say I am? So, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but by my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So, upon this rock Jesus will build his church. What is the rock? You know, that's the, that's the question. What is the rock that Jesus is going to build his church on? Is the rock Peter or is it something else? That's what we have to figure out. So in this instance, we have to pay very close attention to the words. And I think the troubling word for us is the word this. Upon this rock, I will build my church. You see where it's placed leads us to think it's Peter. But is that true? Look at the verse closely. What happens right before, before that? Jesus asks a question and Peter gives an answer. Peter's answer, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus says, okay, this is how I think we can misinterpret this because of the way we read the scriptures. Jesus says, Peter, you are blessed. And because you are blessed, I will build my church upon the truth that just came out of your mouth. What did, what did Peter say? What was the statement that came out of Peter's mouth? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So church, this is the rock. The rock is that statement that just came out of Peter's mouth. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The word this seems to be referring back to Peter's answer, not Peter. It refers back to, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So the rock is Jesus. The Son of the living God is the rock. It's Jesus. So Jesus is building the church based on who He is. This is crucial, okay? Peter is often thought of as the rock. And we think of Peter when we think of the church. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I've done the same thing. I've been a Christian for nine years, and I've always thought that Peter was the head of the church. Like, he founded it. Um, but after reading God's Word, it, Jesus is the rock. And upon this rock, Jesus will build his church. 
So Jesus is building the church on who he is. Now, observation number two. The Father and Jesus are working, are at work in building their church. So this is observation number two. So let's look at verse 17. It says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Do you see that it was the Father is the one that revealed to Peter the truth, that Christ is the rock. The Father opens Peter's eyes to, to see the church is built on Christ. The Father opens our eyes to see Christ. Without the Father's revealing work, we would not be here today. Okay? He is at work built, at building His church, and He does it by revealing that Jesus is the Christ to more and more people, including us. Then in verse 19, we see another step in how Jesus built His church. Look at verse 19. It, it says, I will give you the keys. So, most likely, when Jesus uses the word keys, here he is talking about authority. So after the Father opens Peter's eyes to know that Jesus is the Christ, he then passes authority to Peter and equips him in building the church and as we later see in Pentecost. But there's something very interesting that's going on here too that is just... I think we need to grasp. You see, it's kind of like a circular um, pattern that happens. You see how this is working in the, in the scriptures. So Jesus is the one that initiated by asking the question. The Father then works through Peter and reveals the answer. And then Jesus says yes and, and gives the authority... To Peter to act on that answer that was revealed by the Father. So it's it's all God. Okay, it's it's none of it is us. It wasn't Peter, it was all God. He initiates, he gives an answer, and he gives the authority to act on that. It's all him, it's circular, it's all for him. And then observation three, which is also amazing because everything comes from God is amazing. Uh, but number three is just Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. I mean, I don't think I even need to get into this because it can't be stated any simpler than that. Um, so like Satan cannot do anything to prevail against his church. Satan will not prevail against the church. And, I, and I'll continue and say, the government will not prevail against his church. COVID will not prevail against the church. And anything else, anything you can think of, will not prevail against his church. 
I can't say it any simpler than that. So take take heart in that. So, church, this was section one, okay, or act one. What do we learn here? Jesus will build his church. Jesus is the rock that the church is built on. The Father is at work continually through people. Jesus gives authority to advance the church. And hell will not prevail against it. That's Acts 1. Okay? I mean, there could be multiple sermons preached on that, but that's just... That's just Acts 1 and, and take heart in that. That is huge. Okay, so that sets us up for Act 2. But before we get into Act 2, okay, we have to examine something very important here. We have to examine the emotion that is portrayed in this act, okay? What do we see here? I mean, for me, I for one see high energy. I see exciting this is exciting. You know, the apostles, um, as you can imagine, probably finally felt amazing because they, they said something right. They did something right, you know. Um, and Jesus is like, yes, you know, this is exciting. And they're like, yes, we did it. Like, let's let's go. Now, don't you think you would expect to hear something like this? In the, in the next section or, or going into the next section that after this climax of like high energy, good mood, when did you expect to hear something like this? From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and start lifting weights so he can overpower the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and destroy Rome by their own sword and then on the third day, finally rest on his throne. I mean, wouldn't you expect to hear that? I mean, everything seems like it's going great. We just gave him a good answer. Jesus just says we're blessed and that he's going to give us authority. And now we're, you know, what, what next? And Jesus says, we're going to go into Jerusalem. And you're like, yes, yes, keep going. What are you going to do? But church, that is, that is not what happens. Okay. Before we actually look at the scripture, I just want you to be mindful and keep an eye on some words that you're going to see. Okay. You're going to see suffering. You're going to see the word killed. And you're going to see be raised. Okay. That is not what you expect to see, and that's not what I expected. And I am for I am pretty sure that is not what the apostles expected to hear coming out of Jesus' mouth next. So let's actually read verse 21. From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised so church again this this leads to point number two or act number two okay which is jesus has to suffer he has to be killed and he has to raise 
Okay? So I'll say it again. Jesus has to suffer. Jesus has to be killed. And Jesus has to be raised. Okay? Do you see... Do, I hope you see what's, what's happening here. And I hope you see that there's, there seems to be a cost. Do you see that? Do you see that there seems to be a cost? Okay? And the cost is, in order for the church to be built, Jesus has to suffer. In order for the church to be built, Jesus has to be killed. And in order for the church to be built, Jesus has to be raised. Okay? Following along? And I know this is, this is a hard concept to grasp, okay? Because it's, it's just hard. But to, to see how hard it is, let's just uh, read what happens next, you know? You see, Peter was not expecting this. He, he rebukes Jesus. We often, you know, for me, I, I've done it. I do it all the time, you know? It's just, I, I often look down on Peter. And I say, man, how foolish was Peter, you know? Or, or I'm sometimes like, man, look at the guts on Peter to rebuke Jesus, you know? But, but let's read verse 22, okay? And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Okay? Now, just a little backdrop, okay? You see, Peter had other expectations, okay? Peter was a Jew, and many Jews throughout um, that, that time frame, and I would say even now probably in the world, they, they see that they thought of the Messiah as just an earthly king. That he would come with military might and destroy the Romans and the Pharisees and take back what was rightfully theirs. Peter didn't understand, okay, that God was coming to make atonement for his wrath on sin so that mankind would have a way into heaven. See, Jesus was concerned with the reality of sin. But Peter was concerned about the wants of a kingdom free from suffering and death. Okay? You see you see what's going on here? And and this is what Peter Peter's intentions were and that's why he took Jesus aside and rebuked him. Okay? Now, here's 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 some of our favorite parts, you know, as we read the Bible, you know, this is like, yes, this is Jesus, you know. Um let's uh just just look at how Jesus responds to Peter in verse 23. Okay? He says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance. Okay? Just, this is, this is huge, okay? Like, just to sum it up, do you see the contrast here, okay? Do you see how in Act 1, okay, in verse 17, Jesus says, Blessed are you. And now Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance. Okay? Same person. This is Peter. Okay? Peter goes from being blessed to being rebuked. You see, Peter in section 1 had his mind set on the things of God. Okay? And then you see in section 2, Peter has his mind on the things of man. 
okay? Man's mind, we, you know, is repulsed. I mean, that's a strong word, is repulsed at the idea of suffering and death and doesn't accept it. Okay? Peter goes from being applauded by Jesus to now being called Satan. Okay? You see, you see that? That is huge. It's a huge contrast. He goes from confessing, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, to now being a hindrance. Do you, do you see this? This is like a huge, you know, totally opposite contrast, black and white picture. I mean, it, it quickly shifts, you know. how You go from this extreme to this extreme. Okay? But I hope we can see that we in fact can have our minds aligned with the mind of Satan. You know? This this happens when we when we and myself included, okay, come up with ways to build the church that doesn't line up with Jesus' way. This happens when we allow or encourage or promote other things to be a higher priority in, G, in the church that Jesus is in the church than Jesus' death and resurrection. Okay? This happens when we want Jesus' church as a means to fight society or government for our gain than rather him building a church for his purpose. Okay? We, we can have the ability to be a hindrance to Christ, okay? This is a sobering reality. And we, and we have to like understand that this is possible. We, we have to be on guard all the time, every second. There is no downtime, okay? We need Jesus. And we need Him to suffer, die, and to resurrect. Okay? Now, church, we have to realize and accept the fact that Jesus' suffering, dying, and being raised was necessary. It's a necessity. Okay? We have to ask ourselves, do we want to associate with this gospel? Or do we want to modify it because deep down we have our mind set on the things of man. Okay? We have to ask ourselves that. It's 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 like I said it's a sobering reality and it's a possibility, you know, we we can be a hindrance and we have to ask ourselves you know, what what which side do we want to be on? Do we want to be associated with Jesus's you know, suffering, death, and resurrection? Or do we want to just associate with Him for our gain? We, we have to ask that question, you know? So, as, as many of you and myself, I certainly don't want to be a hindrance, you know? So, how do we go from being a hindrance and join Jesus in building His church? Well, as many of you can probably d deduce, it, it tells us exactly that in the next section.
Um, the next section, okay, is Jesus invites us to join him. Okay? So, Jesus invites us to join him. So, let's read verses 24 through 28. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So church, uh, there's, there's some key words here, okay? And I hope you were able to see them. Um, and, and some of those key words are deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Those are the key words, okay? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Now, what did, what did all of these sound like? And, and what it actually says, deny, you have to deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For, for me, and I hope it is for you too, these all sound like invitations. You know? To follow Jesus, we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross. Now, I know this sounds hard. But because it is, it is hard. Okay? Jesus makes it very clear here, okay? His way of building the church is the way of death and denial and following Him. Now, understand that this looks different for everyone. And this is not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying seek suffering. Okay, I'm not saying you have to, if you're, if you're feeling good one day, you're like, oh, I must not be following Jesus. I have to go break a leg or something, or, or I have to go get in a car accident. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, am so, I am simply showing that scripture says we have to deny ourselves and take up our cross. Now, for some, that does literally mean death, you know? I mean, just look at the apostles. You know, they they died following Jesus. At this point, they probably didn't know what it meant to take up your cross. But after they saw the death and resurrection of Jesus, taking up their cross and denying themselves led them to death. You know? But denying ourselves looks different for all of us. Okay? For some... It might be denying to our comfort, so we are not a hindrance. Dying to our control, so we are not a hindrance. Dying to our agenda, so we are not a hindrance. Dying to our expectations, 
so we are not a hindrance. But the main point is that we all, all of us, have to deny ourselves and take up our cross if we want to join Him. Okay? And the way to follow Jesus is when we join Him is in denying ourselves. Okay? That's the way to do it. Denying ourselves is the way to follow Him. So like, just for a second, okay? Let me see if I can just this has been heavy on my heart as I contemplate this. Let's just imagine this reality. If we can paint this photo in our heads, okay? Imagine the king of the universe. The maker of heaven and earth. Okay? The one that fashioned you together. He woke up every day while he was on this earth. Knowing he was going to the cross. He woke up every day knowing... Suffering was awaiting him in Jerusalem. What did he do? He denied himself every day. He took up his cross. Okay? And what happened? He died. So he's, he's not asking anything of us that he didn't do first. Okay? Now, church, here's a key too. We should not look at this as a burden. This is not a burden, okay? But this is a privilege, okay? Do do you hear that? This is not a burden. This is a privilege. He is inviting you. The king of the universe, Jesus, is inviting you to join him in building his church. Through death and denial of yourself. Okay? The church was started by Jesus' death. And it continues to grow as we join him by dying to our own ways of building a church. Okay? As we're getting ready to look at some of the other parts of this, okay? Just look at how flipped upside down this is. Like how flipped this mindset is. Just, just I'm going to read it very slowly, okay, so we don't miss this. Look at verse 25 again, okay? If you save your life, you will lose it. In other words, if you do not join Jesus in his death, you will lose your life. Do you see how how flipped upside down that is? Now, let's continue. It says, But losing your life for Jesus' sake, okay, losing your life for Jesus' sake is the way you will save your life. In other words, if we deny ourselves and die for His sake, then we will find our life. Do you, do you see that? Did, I, I hope I read that slow enough where we see that. Jesus lost his life to start the church. Okay? We join him in building his church as we deny ourselves. Which leads to our lives being saved. 
Okay? Now, church, I don't know about you, but as I've been reading all of this, it, it seems pretty clear to me that we have a choice here. Think about it. Okay? Think about the, the, the choices that are portrayed, okay? And think about this. What should our church be about? You know? Imagine if somebody asks you, hey, you know, hey, Ella, what's your church about? Or, hey, Carson, what's your church about, you know? Do, how, how, how do you think we respond, you know? I've, I've done this. I say, oh, we have a great church building, you know? We have the best children's ministry, you know? Or, or we have the best worship band or praise band. You know, our church is conveniently located on the highway. You just come in and go. We have the biggest parking lot. We have a drive through We have a coffee inside our church. You know, a coffee store. You know, how often do we respond like that? Or how often do we respond like this? Okay. Our church is about the suffering, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus. Our church is about who Jesus is. What He has done for us, what He is doing for us, and what He will do for us. Our church is about Jesus and His death in our place. It's about Jesus and His resurrection. It is about Jesus being our only hope for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Our church is all about Jesus and we go to join Christ in building His church by denying ourselves and taking up our cross. We are in need of the Father's revealing work and are dependent on Jesus' authority to continue. You know? How, you, see, you see how the responses are so different and, and the choices that seem to be there before us? Now, guys... This is, this is a heavy passage, but I, I want to make sure that we don't lose hope. That there is comfort in all of this, okay? And Jesus gives us great motivation for denying our way of building a church. And instead joining Him, His way, okay? Let's look at verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. Okay? The motivation for joining Jesus and building His church, His way, has eternal reward. Okay? Do you see that? It says you will be repaid when Jesus comes. It, it says that in Scripture. I'm not making this up. This is what Scripture says. Okay? So I, I want you to take heart in that Christ sees you. He says He will come back. And that He will repay each person according to what He has done. So Christ is in heaven right now. And every time we deny ourselves, He stores up repayment. He sees you. He sees us. He sees me. You know? He, he does not miss a single second of our life. He does not miss a beat. 
Okay, this is the king of the universe. He is always with you. So let's take heart in knowing that Christ is building his church. Simply, church, the choice is ours. And whether we want to be a hindrance or do we want to join him. You know? Now, guys, <laughs> I know this is hard. This is a hard passage. I mean, I've, I've been just totally broken as I've studied and try to prepare this. You know, as some of the guys that have been training me um, to preach and equip me, um, this was hard for me too, you know. I, I, I find myself more of the time a hindrance, you know. I've, I've found myself on my knees repenting for how many times I go throughout my day needing, needing repentance for being a hindrance, okay? But, but don't forget this truth, okay? Jesus died for us. And he, he empowers us, okay, to withstand the suffering that comes from denying ourselves and taking up our cross, Okay. Yes, he asks us to join him in his death. Okay. When we join him in his death, okay, what what must also happen? We also join him in his resurrection. Do you see that? This is the gospel. This is the gospel. So as we leave today, okay, I know this it's been hard. I just want to leave us with a question or two just to just to get our minds rolling, okay? When we think of Christ's church being built or growing, what do you have your mindset on? The things of God or the things of man? Jesus' death and resurrection or something else? How how may we, how may we be hindering Christ? In our daily lives. Is your role or my role in building Christ's church first and foremost about dying to your comfort and desires or something else? You know? So church, I, it, it, is, it is a hard and loaded passage, okay? And it's, it's not meant to be a burden, so please do not take this as a burden but as a privilege okay and that this is the gospel this is the Jesus we associate with this is the Jesus we want to associate with okay and as we lead as we leave okay as we end today take heart in knowing that Jesus is with us the king of the universe is with us so don't lose sight of that and that he is he's the one that empowers us to act Okay, on all of this. And in there is eternal repayment and we will be with him again. Okay, we that should be enough to care to that should be the biggest energy drink on this earth. That's like gulping imagine gulping Red Bull as soon as you wake up until eternity. Until we resurrect. That's that's enough right there. So Christ uh, church, I mean I just I love you guys and I am so grateful. To be just part of this family where we can do this together. Okay? That we that we are a family. 
of believers and and this is a community you know I'm just really grateful I'm not saying this up here to preach at us or to condemn us or anything it's just this is a privilege we all have and I just want to encourage us that this is what our God did for us and he's just simply asking us to join him that's it so let me just pray for us as we as we close and thank you again for your time so father thank you so much thank you so much for what you did for us on the cross father that we can have a way to you that that even as you ask us to take up our cross father that it's it doesn't even compare to what you had to go through you took up your cross and when you died on your cross you were severed for three days and then when we pick up our cross and die father we are not severed we you are with us in that moment Father, so I, I just thank you so much. And there's nothing I can say or do that will ever repay for what you have done for us. That will even come close to that. That will even come close to expressing the love that you have for us first, Father. So, Father, I, I ask that you would just empower us. That you would just reveal to us more and more how you want us to act and work. And how you want us to deny ourselves father please reveal that to us father and I, I ask that as we go about our week that you would just um, be with us and that you say you will be with us and I pray that we would take heart in that and and have the strength to wake up every day denying ourselves father and that we would see that so we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name amen <laughs>